listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where the band is back together and we're getting back into the <laughs> divisional deep dives for the offseason, getting into the NFC with the NFC North today. So on tonight's episode, you're joined by your host, Bob, and returning from his trip to Sin City, Dan. Dan, <laughs> what's going on, man? What up, Bob? Good to be back, man. Yeah, and, so uh, how was uh, Sin City for uh, your time period out there for oh, the uh, it, March Madness? It, it was outstanding. Uh, this is this would be year two that uh, we've actually done it. And Dub it. If, if, yeah, we dubbed it. <laughs> and if there's any way anyone uh, out there can make that happen, if you can go for those first couple, that first week of the tournament, it is completely worth it. There's a lot of great events out there. And the good thing about being in Vegas is that games start at 9 a.m. in the morning. I know, right? And then <laughs> they go from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. roughly. Uh, and then you have the whole night to do kind of whatever you want. Um, and they've got in-game betting, which was a, a new thing for me this year, which was actually uh, the, the line, the, the plus minus line moved throughout the games. So uh, you could really kind of watch the game flow and watch how the, the game was progressing. Uh, and uh, you could kind of say, eh, there's no way they're going to keep scoring at this level. So you kind of went all in on the, on the bigger spreads. Uh, that was my favorite part. And uh, man, just being in a room um, or, or like a sports bar or a big place with everybody who's there to do the exact same thing with you. And uh, oftentimes some of the, the games were all kind of one-sided in terms of everyone's rooting for the same thing to happen. Uh, and it's either the greatest moment when everybody makes what they're looking for or a devastating moment when the whole room just kind of has a meltdown because of a, <laughs> of a, of a lone, oh, a lone rare, weird layup at the end like in that first Purdue game or, uh, you know, just kind of those magic shots at the end. Was anybody um, there, we almost got in Duke on Sunday. Was anybody there getting nervous when Virginia was struggling once again with the 16 seed? Oh, everybody was nervous. Everybody yeah. was nervous. It was like pins and needles. It was like, there's no way that this is happening again. Yep. Um, and the, I think the spread coming off of that game was like in the double. It was definitely in the double digits. It might have been in the 20s. It was might have been like something like 22 and a half. And a lot of people bet that thinking they were going to cruise. And I, I laid away from that one just because I remembered what happened last year. <laughs> yeah, And right. uh, I didn't want to get stuck with my pants down. And uh, well, they actually pulled it off. They're, they're looking pretty solid. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot. I think they got that first game out of the way. Uh, they kind of were able to move past the, you know, the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. Right. Uh, and are, are kind of cruising now a little bit. I still like Duke, though. Duke still, uh, my, I think, is going to be is, is the hands-down favorite to win it all. Yeah, I was biting my nails on that one against uh, UCF because I was like, right. oh, man. Because I know we talked about before we came on, <laughs> this was like the first year in maybe three years where I've actually I'm, – I'm doing good in a bracket yeah. bowl. So I'm like, please, yeah. come on, man. Give me some hope. <laughs> and I know we both have pretty much the same Final Four, so we've got uh, similar rooting interests going into this weekend. Yeah, Zion is just uh, – I, I was talking to uh, somebody at my office and we're talking about the tournament, and he asked who I liked, and I said Duke. And I said, this is why. Uh, back in 
2002, 2003, when Carmelo Anthony was by far the best player in the NCAA. Single-handedly won Syracuse the NCAA tournament. I mean, he was unstoppable. There was no one who was as good as Carmelo Anthony. Even though there were some other good players on that team, uh, there was nobody like Carmelo Anthony. He was a a clear one-and-done and and a clear just kind of talent that was just once-in-a-lifetime on that program. Right. And one person in our (laughs) – in the pool – for our entire floor in college, picked Syracuse. John Nolan, uh, friend, won, friend of the show, the who pool. still has to provide yeah. us uh, the the payoff <laughs> for the uh, getting drafty contest. John, we're just calling you out a little bit. You yeah, too, Craig. You, and uh, you know this is what that this is what that reminds me of. There's one player who's just one of those once in a lifetime talents that everyone's just focusing on. I mean, they got the Zion Cam during the tournament. Come on, man. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those guys who I, I think is just going to be constantly taking it to the other level. The other thing is, is Barrett on that Duke team is just as good. <laughs> Probably the number uh, two prospect in all of yeah, college basketball. Yeah, number two prospect. And frankly, in the first game, he was the one who kind of took it over and propelled Duke to the win. Zion in game two, I think it deserves most of the credit for that one, but uh, that's a nasty one-two punch um, alongside all of the other outstanding players they have on that team. So, sort of, Dad, uh, sort of reminds me of our down the line. sort of reminds me of our Shaler days. Us, us as the one-two punch to our four and twenty <laughs> season. At- yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so. I know we've mentioned it before. We both love basketball. We played it all growing up. Still have big interest into it. So we were excited <laughs> to get into the March Madness. But um, Dan, now that you're back, uh, there was some big news that happened with two tight ends. Um, oh boy! So and and, you, and do you hear anything about it? Gets... <laughs> and the wasteland gets wastier, right? <laughs> yeah, so it could get better in one way. Um, right. In another, probably the greatest of all time, Rob Gronkowski has retired. I, I've heard back and forth. Do you, do you think he stays retired or do you think? Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I was actually talking to my dad about this tonight. He goes, can you believe that he's retiring at age 29? And I said, he's made more money in <laughs> 10 years in the NFL than I'll ever make in my entire lifetime. Right. He goes, yeah, you're right. And I was like, and the other thing is, is that he's still 29. And he is a larger-than-life personality. He's a popular guy in the NFL. Uh, everyone seems to like him. You don't really hear anybody say a bad thing about the guy. No. Uh, so I think that he has a very bright future outside of playing the game. Yep. Uh, the game has given him so much. And I think it's actually set him up very nicely for a nice career uh, afterwards. I, I, I don't know if he's going to be the same level of announcer that someone like Tony Romo is. But at the same time, why not give the guy a shot? I mean, he's interesting. Uh, he knows the game well. Uh, I could listen to I could listen to Gronk. I mean, I love Tony Romo on the mic. So let's let's see what this guy can do. Um, the other thing is, is that I, I think he's a he's a god in Boston. Frankly. Oh yeah, right. Uh, you know, it's like one of those guys who said he can just live in Boston and just he'll endorse whatever he wants, and you know he'll be completely fine. Right. Um, I, I just it's a. I think he wasn't. He was kind of a shell of himself last season. What well, I think. Uh, Dan, to that point, too, you're talking about age, you're talking about money, but I really think it's the injuries, man. He right. is. Yeah. He gets hit in a way where he could have a major injury because people can't tackle him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that happened frequently for him over the past couple of years. 
Right. And it, I agree with you. And I was, I mean, that's where I was headed. It's the injuries are piling up now. And the other thing is, is that when you're 29, you can still bounce back a little bit from those injuries. Um, And I think now he can still have a good quality of life down, um, down the line. So I I don't, I think he's done. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think there's any way you talk him back into it. Um, If he does, uh, I'd be shocked. I mean, it's one of those things is that uh, I just don't feel like he's Antonio Gates. Like Antonio Gates used to have some injury concerns and stuff like that. Now we'll go in here and there and still play. Uh, I I just feel like Gronk has more on the horizon for him um, to keep him busy, frankly. Yeah. uh, And and like you said, it sounds like he's smart with his money uh, from everything you hear too. So he's not one of those guys that's going to be broke in one year uh, um, unless if things drastically change. So, right. Uh, I mean, to me, the most dominant tight end, I'm just looking up his stats, and he came into the league 2010. Here are his touchdown totals. 10, 17, 11, 4, but that was in six games started. Extrapolate that, he's at 11 pretty much again. 12, 11, 3, 8, 3. So, I mean, I think you can correlate that to injuries and... Uh, but boy, oh boy, I mean, at the tight end position, this was the first guy I can really remember in my 10 plus years in fantasy football where it's like, yeah, I think I'm going to take a tight end in the first round, and it's Rob Gronkowski. Right. right. First or second. You know, I, I was never compelled to take him in the first round because I felt like there was always a better bargain, but I was always excited if I got towards the end of the first round. Uh, if I'm picking nine or 10, I, I never had a problem taking him in the second round because. Uh, he was someone who who would like to refer to some of you can set it and for credit yep. and just kind of ignore the tight end position for the rest of your draft. And the other thing is, is that you didn't have to worry about it because he was going to produce like a wide receiver. Um, it, it was a situation where he's been on the same team with the same quarterback his entire career. The rapport was there. The scoring was going to be there. The yards were going to be there. The big games were going to be there. Uh, I, I mean, he warranted the draft position where he was. And, you know, it, I, it's, it, the league was fun when Gronk was, you know, going off and, and having, you know, spiking the ball left and right. You know, the thing about him is, is stats aside, fantasy aside, I mean, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion. Yep. Um, I mean, who else can say that? I mean, he, everyone's pretty much saying consensus first ballot Hall of Famer when he comes up. Um, if he's, know, and, if and he's like, not for him, man. If he's not, the Hall of Fame has no credibility at that point. Right. <laughs> it's one of those things where you know, good for him. He's earned it. He's worked hard. Uh, and I wish him the best of luck. Although it, it's going to be very tough to replace him in terms of fantasy production. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I feel like now it's a situation where uh, there's now two heir parents in the league, uh, and, and we'll see who kind of duels it out for their uh, Gronk 2.0 status. And I, I think you and I would agree it's Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Yep. yep. Now, Dan, I was never going into next year approaching this, but do you even consider drafting Brady in a 10 or 12 team league? Uh, I, I don't. The problem is, is it's still Brady, and it, and you know, I probably don't. Um, but I'm probably I'm paying attention to him. I'm not ignoring him. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys who, if my quarterback goes down, or if I have nobody in those late rounds, right? And I've got you know, I've got a draft pick. Um, you know, you can always do, you know, you can always take reaches on flyers to try to score late round keepers or something like that, like in our league, but it's never bad at to run, 
you know, a, a backup quarterback, especially once Tom Brady. I mean, he wasn't really somebody who got me excited this year. Uh, now that Gronk's gone, less so. And I think you and I would both agree this is more of a running team now. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I, I still think he's got some value. <laughs> he's got some value, but he's not someone that I, I – it's somebody who, if they I, fall to the waiver wire, I'm not going to be surprised. And, you know, I'll keep an eye on him, but, you know, it's not someone – I feel like I can probably explore other needs and then probably still grab him later if my QB come, becomes injured or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the only real help I see is possibly Edelman. I don't know how many more targets he can get, but I don't really know who else is a pass catcher right there. I wouldn't be surprised if they either target a tight end or a wide receiver in the draft right. early. Um, and there, but, there are some high quality tight ends in the draft. Oh yeah, which uh, I that, think that's one of. Go ahead. That, that, that's one of the deeper positions I think in this NFL draft. I mean, then the quarterbacks don't thrill me. The running backs are okay. There are some really interesting wide receivers, uh, but I, I really think that tight end is a very intriguing. Um, this is an intriguing tight end rookie class. I think there's some high-quality options there for teams looking for tight ends. One team is absolutely, who we're going to talk about today, absolutely needs to look at drafting a tight end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I know we'll talk about Dynasty as it gets closer to our Dynasty draft, and I know we, I had some feedback on asking when we might talk about Dynasty. It's it's going to come. We're just going to wait right. till it gets closer to the season and after the draft. But, uh, yeah, Dan, as, as a, Dynasty, a Dynasty perspective, I think we need to heavily consider Consider one of those three big three tight ends uh, early especially, in the draft, especially if they end up on a team like New England. Right. Um, that that is going to be a, a very interesting pick, and, and I think it's because he go, they go to New England. I think there's going to be a lot of expectations because Gronk's gone. Right. Um, so there could be a lot of pressure there, but I think there's an opportunity there. Uh, there's never going to be another Gronk. Let's be honest. There's not. They're not gro- drafting Gronk 2.0 in this draft. Um, but but they've got an opportunity to, for somebody to step in and at least become a, a contributor right away. Yeah. And so the other tight end news. Um, you know, this this is very interesting to me personally. Bob. Yeah. J- Jared <laughs> Cook signs a two year deal for fifteen and a half million with eight million guaranteed with the New Orleans Saints. So Dan, my question to you is he had his career year last year in Oakland 68 receptions 896 yards six touchdowns what are your expectations going to New Orleans with Drew Brees another first ballot Hall of Famer throwing him the football at least for those next two years I I will attribute so I I keep my ex I'm keeping my expectations in check Um, do I think that this could end up being kind kind of that prolific uh, tight end like Jimmy Graham was when he was there. Uh, maybe, maybe. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes. I'm going to say maybe. And I know that's wishy-washy. But at the same time, uh, let's look back at who Jared Cook was last season. It, it wasn't like he was on a prolific offense, Bob. He was it, it wasn't the main like guy. He was surrounded by a bunch of other highly talented skill players. It wasn't like he had Alvin Kamara in the backfield of uh, the team that he was on. Jared Cook was the Oakland Raiders offense. Right. I mean, and he wasn't even on anyone's draft board, really. It was somebody who I got off waivers. Right. Um, but now, now, at a ninth round value, uh, in our particular league, it's a very intriguing keeper. Um, just because it's a, I think you probably get a value there. 
because I would see him going much earlier than that just because of the hype that's accompanying it. But but I don't think we're going to get the same level of production just because uh, there are so many more mouths to feed in New Orleans. Uh, there's Kamara, who no longer needs to worry about um, – carries being vultured from him by Mark Ingram. Yeah, uh, I, I get that. What's his name from Minnesota is now there, uh, which is very interesting to me as well. Yeah. Um, but there's also Traquan Smith who had some, had some nice games last year. There's also, uh, your boy, Michael Thomas, yep. who had a prolific season last year. I mean, they moved the ball around. They can get him open. Uh, I, I liked Ben Watson as like a sleeper last year. I don't know if you remember mentioning that. Um, but I think the other thing that you and I talked about is that this team's a lot better when they have a high-profile tight end. Right. And right. I think they get that in Jared Cook. Uh, I just want to – I mean, I'm keeping my expectations low – Expectations are low and being tempered, but I think the ceiling is huge. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't think he reaches those receiving and yardage stats, but I think six touchdowns is easily in the realm right. of possibilities. I'm yeah. thinking more of like 55, maybe 750 and six to eight touchdowns, which would put him right, you know, fantasy wise back into the same right. discussion of where he finished last year to me. So right. the good thing is, is yeah, he went from a situation where he had to be the main guy to a situation where he doesn't need to be the main guy but can still produce like a main guy if, if that makes sense so no yeah absolutely um uh, you know probably a best case scenario I, I would think if he didn't go to new orleans new england probably would have came calling for him so either or i mean he's in a good position i think you could get a top five type of performance from him but i definitely a tight end one regardless with the uh um, situation that the tight end position is in lately. So for sure, um, and, and I, I, I like did, the move. I saw, yeah, I, I like it too. Obviously, and I, and I did see a story out there that you know New England was interested. Yep. Um, it, it, they were very interested, and uh, it was actually Terry Cook. He was like, nope, sticking with the Saints. And uh, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know. I don't know how to take that because I would think there probably would be more opportunity for him in New England. Uh, but also, that Saints team is stacked. So if you're hunting rings when you're kind of in your prime still, uh, you're going to contribute. Not a bad team to jump onto right now. Uh, so I, I can see where he's coming from. Very interesting. Uh, I'm gonna. I I want to see how training camp plays out. I want to see maybe a preseason game or two before I lock myself into it. But uh, very very intriguing option for me in terms of a keeper. Yeah, and and to your point about the Saints, two years in a row, they're two freak plays from being in the Super Bowl. Right, absolutely. So against the Saints, or I'm sorry, against the Vikings when Stefan Diggs had that ridiculous miracle <laughs> touchdown, and then yeah. the blatant pass interference, they're in the Super Bowl two years in a row with a chance to be back-to-back champions if all plays right. out well. So uh, definitely a chance to win. So, yeah, those are the two big tight end uh, news and notes, and I'd be curious when we revisit our rankings closer to the start of the season and compare them to our way too early. I'd like to see sort of where right. things shift as well, especially with that tight end position. So. Um, but Dan, uh, now that we're outside of the news that happened, you ready to get back into the NFC North for our next divisional deep dive? Let's do it. 
So yeah, I uh, always like to recap what we're doing with these deep dives. We just go through key positions, key aspects of each division. And uh, we'll do things like overall offensive ranks, best running back, wide receiver, tight end. We'll rank the quarterbacks, defenses, give a breakout, and give the biggest need for each team. So Dan, do you want to give us uh, get us started and give us the overall offensive ranks for the NFC North for yourself? Uh, this was a weird this is a weird division it really this, this is, is a, i mean like when we start going into the like the positions like i had like some real problems trying to figure out where people fit i mean to me there were clear-cut number ones um and, and i think there's a clear-cut number one when you look at the general offense um we probably have the same one yeah, I, I would think we have the same one. So yours is it located in Wisconsin as well. That's right. Love the cheese. <laughs> the cheese. <laughs> Give me a little wine and a little bit of cheese. <laughs> Give me that Wisconsin cheddar <laughs> and a nice So obviously cab. I got the pack attack at number one. Right, me too. Um, uh, see, and but two through four gets so messy for me. It's a situation where um, and it's going to be like this when we talk about the individual uh, positions other than tight end, frankly. Yep. Um, because there's there's pluses and negatives and big big pluses and big negatives each one of these teams. Uh, but I, but I've got them, frankly, I've got them pack, Vikings, Bears, Lions. I, I match you, but I was curious if you were going to swap two and three because that's – that's and you'll notice when I go through my discussion, <laughs> I might like a key aspect better on the Bears than I do the Vikings, but the overall picture I like better than the Bears. So it was – No, I, I – that's exactly where I'm sitting. That's exactly where I'm sitting. Yep. Um so they're, they're the only thing that I, I like about the Vikings. The Vikings, I think, Packers, I saw. Packers basically comes down to you've got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That's, That's where it comes ex- down to me. Exactly what my two notes were. You got one of the best combos in the league right there. Uh, and, and they have no problem. Excuse me. Uh, moving the ball, scoring the ball. Uh, that's why I think they're the best offense. And Aaron Rodgers, um, I mean, that's a nice young receiving core, too. I, I think they're coming along. They lost Randall Cobb. I, I think that does hurt a little bit, but I think there are guys. Geronimo Allison, I think, is going to step up big. He was hurt last season. And then Valdez Scantley uh, showed some signs of life there. The biggest question mark about the Packers, though, is the backfield, right? Yeah, so I said, it, uh, to me, they should give Aaron Jones the lead and have Williams more of a change of pace is my thought on it, but uh, it sounds like they want to go that route, but it sounds like it's, yeah, I, I don't know, it's yeah, weird. It's, so, it's like a flip of the coin. It's like one day, it's like, let's go all in on Aaron Jones. The other day, it's like, well, Jamal Williams. Uh, and then it's like, well, it's better if it's a two-back system. Like, there's no, like, they're jockeying for position. I think toward the end of the year, uh, Aaron Jones... Like, Jamal Williams did not assert himself like you and I both thought he would at the beginning of the season. Right. Aaron Jones came back, had a couple of really nice games, looked really, really solid, then got hurt. Right. Jamal Williams came back, had a nice game in the injury game, but then dud last game of the season. Right, yeah. So uh, it's one of those where I, I just don't know what to think about it if they had a clear cut. Like, if Dalvin Cook is on – the Packers, it's it's a no-brainer Packers all day, every day. Yep. And frankly, that's why the Vikings are number two with me, 
because of the other skill position players not named Kirk Cousins. And uh, dude, I like the receivers. <laughs> I just I just want to state this too. For this exercise, we don't share notes, but right now we're on the exact same thought process right now. So go ahead, keep going. I love the receivers. I love Thielen. I love Diggs. Um, and I love Dalvin Cook. And I think now that Latavius Latavius Murray, that's what his name was, he was gone to the Saints. Uh, I think it gives an opportunity for him that he really didn't have before. Uh, now he's the square number one. I think he was the square number one too, but he had Latavius Murray kind of lurking in the background there. Um, Amir Abdullah does not worry me, does not excite me. Nope. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they got a second running back in the draft. Yep. But, I mean, to me, the skill posi- the skilled players on the Vikings make up for the, you know, maybe lackluster or uninspired quarterback play that Kirk Cousins offered. Yeah. Not terrible, but he's just not Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to read through my notes, Dan, and it's literally a, a mirror image of what you just said. It's basically, <laughs> I'm lukewarm on Kirk Cousins, but he has shown in the past that he can put up stats, which is why last year was so disappointing. And I'll go into that more right. with stats later. But to your point, he may have the best wide receiver doer in the league with Figs and De- uh, Figs and Dealin. Yeah, Thielen and Diggs. <laughs> Um, but but my note was what could really dealing change, things. Yeah, <laughs> is what could really change the offense is if Dalvin Cook's healthy for the entire year. Yep. But if he's yep. not, losing Murray's going to hurt even more. So, uh, and tight end, it's like whatever. Kyle Rudolph's there, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go through sort of in more detail later my thoughts on Cousins and Diggs. But yeah, so far, Dan, we are mirroring each other. So what are your thoughts on the Bears at number three? Um, The Bears are a very interesting team to me in terms of, I think you and I both agree, Mitchell Trubisky was a pleasant surprise last season. Uh, Someone who uh, I I think showed he could do two things, run the ball decently well, which was a surprise, and throw the ball. I mean, he he was a good quarterback, and he's only in his second season. So uh, if he makes another leap... I, I don't think that if we would revisit this at the end of the season, Trubisky makes another leap. <coughs> it's not going to be weird for me to say, yeah, Bears number two, uh, or maybe even number one. We'll see how big of a leap it is. But the only problem with the Bears is, is I don't love their skill position players as much as I like the Vikings. Uh, Allen Robinson, eh, okay. Um, and I frankly, uh, there's not really many other people there that I know. Uh, the backfield of Tarek Cohn, Jordan Howard, they're trying to ship Jordan Howard out of there because he doesn't fit the offense anymore. And then I think one of the biggest shocking, not shocking, but one of the bigger fantasy disappointments last season uh, was Trey Burton. I think we all expected Trey Burton to kind of be Travis Kelsey in Chicago. Dude, I cannot uh, wait to read my notes, man, because this is hilarious. <laughs> and he wasn't. He wasn't. But Terry Cohen is such an exciting, dynamic player. Um, I, I think there's such an upside on this offense that I think it can really shift a lot. It can be some to take, be a lot to take for me for them to jump the Packers, but I, I would not be surprised if they jumped the Vikings. Yeah, so Dan, I'm going to read mine. I thought Mitchell Trubisky looked awesome last year. He was getting it done both throwing and running the ball, just like you said. And I like him <laughs> a lot going into next year. He might be one of those ones where if I'm waiting, I might just take a ride with him for early in the season and see sure. what happens. And yeah. like we said, we may even ride him a little bit in Dynasty over Russell Wilson, depending on game. So. Yeah, depending on somebody's interested on taking him off our hands. Yeah, Craig. Hey, Craig, you're interested in trades, yet you never <laughs> respond. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah. We're calling you out, man. Yep, have to. As of now, there is still the running back combo of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, but like you said, it sounds like they try want to try and get rid of Howard, and really after Cohen's dynamic year last year, I really hope they get him more involved. I don't know how much more involved. Um, right. Because he is smaller, but good God, throw it to him and spit. I remember there was one game last year just because he was on my team, so I paid attention to him. He had basically like three rushes for 12 yards, but he had one reception, 75 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. Right. And made, made my week. Day. Yeah, it's, right. it's just like that's the type of player he is. I said wide receiver core is good, not great, with Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Who Anthony I'm actually, Miller, yeah. I'm expecting a nice year out of. And Dan, verbatim, after being pumped up as the Bears, quote-unquote, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Trey Burton was disappointing <laughs> last year. So... Can he bounce back? What, what was I don't get what the deal was because yeah, that's all you heard was this coach came from the Chiefs uh, coaching tree. They see him as leading the league in receptions, that type yeah, of talk, and it just never happened. End, right? Never yeah. happened. So nope. if he takes a leap, then Mitchell Trubisky's taking a leap by proxy to me. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So Dan, why don't we close it up? What, what are your th- thoughts about the Lions? Obviously, we both got them at four, and I think it's a, a somewhat decent gap between three and four. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Stafford is better than he's been. You know what I mean? Like, the guy is still a very good quarterback. Yep. Um, and, and frankly, when we go to our, our QB rankings, he's going to be the, in the same spot I have the offense. It's yep. going to be number four. Yep. And it's just because there's such there's no fantasy upside for him right now. He's Doesn't basically like got Kenny Galladay. Um and that's about it who really kind of interests me. Kyrion Johnson, interesting player, coming off injury, uh, will be the clear, you know, number one lead back. Right. Um, but it's still still a, kind of an, an, an okay rookie season. Um, definitely not a Sony Michelle type rookie season. And, uh, you know, frankly, I, I don't even re- remember who the tight end was from last season because they were that invisible now they've got jesse james there who you and i are very familiar with uh and frankly not necessarily a, a big play threat there in an offensive setting a, a nice player who can get a couple receptions here and there and a tight end here and there and get a tight end rip i mean a touchdown ripped from his arms and lose us a playoff game because the refs don't know <laughs> what they're talking about but it's a situation where uh i, I there's so the best weapons, I, the weapons I like the most, uh, the in terms of quarterback and skill positions, the skill positions I like the most, a quarterback who could make a leap with some nice skill position players, and then a quarterback who is stuck with a less exciting set of skill players is basically how the offensive rankings boil down for me, Bob. Yeah, my, my notes for the Lions sort of echo that. I feel like Stafford has been just okay lately and really not that great. So when you're in a 10 or 12 team league, you want the chance to be great, which he has right. been pretty mediocre. I'll go over his stats later. I think on Johnson could be set for a huge leap, so I think I might be a little bit higher on him than you might sound like you might be. Um, but I... Uh, you know, sort of spoiler, he will be brought up towards the end of the episode for me. Right. Um, with, I think the loss of Golden Tate could hurt them. I know they brought for in sure. Danny Amendola, but he's injury prone to me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this is not a guy who 
kind of really, I mean, that's a, it's a nice free agent pickup, but to me, it's a possession type receiver. It's not one who's kind of moving the, I mean, he could have a nice game here and there, but it's no one who's like, a, you're going to be a huge breakout in terms of, right. you know, and it's not, it's not replacing Golden Tate. I'll right. tell you that right now. Yeah. And I like the one, two punch of Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, but we'll see. And, and then, like you said, will they get something out of Jesse James? I'm going to side on, uh, I doubt it, but you know, right. He's got to be an upgrade over what they had last year. Right. So, so Dan, uh, I'm going to get us started with the positional uh, talk. And uh, our next topic is best running back. In mine, it's Dalvin Cook, and I don't really even think it's that close. Um, no, it's not. It, it is, he, I've got the same one. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, not close. So here's I mean, my here's my notes as to why, uh, and then I'll pass it to you to uh, give your thoughts, and then we'll alternate to the next one. So health sounds like it might be a concern for this guy who's only played a combined 15 games in two years. However, his per-game stats show his game-breaking skill, so I'm going to just go over last year. He was out from Week 5 through Week 8. Coming back into Week 9, his stats for those eight games, 97 rushes, 517 yards. That's 5.33 yards per rush. Two touchdowns, 31 receptions, 198 yards, two touchdowns. Once again, you extrapolate that, basically double those numbers through 16 games. He would have been at 194 rushes, 1,034 yards, four touchdowns, 62 receptions, 396 yards, four touchdowns. So you're getting about 15, uh, approaching 1,500 combined yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, a healthy Dalvin Cook, I see no problem trying to hit those types of numbers. No, and I and I'm in a different dynasty league, and I actually got Dalvin Cook two years ago, and I thought this past season was going to be a huge Dalvin Cook year, uh, but then you know we had the injuries, and, and you know it is kind of a concern, frankly. Right. But, right. Uh, I mean, because this is the second year in a row where we've had injury concern, um, but at the same time, it's nothing that you know he can't come back from and when he's been in there and he's as you stated uh the stats showed he's dynamic and i think he's the most dynamic running back on in this division uh and frankly you're right it's not even close um and two three and four 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 a and four b let's be honest uh you know just kind of I, I don't know what to think of any of those guys. The only one I have any kind of confidence in is Dalvin Cook. Um, yep, just exactly. because he's shown in the past uh, he can be consistent and he can kind of get it done. He really turned it on at the end of the year. So if you For were sure. patient enough with him in, in fantasy, he rewarded you. Uh, I don't know if it was too little too late. Um, so, for instance, in my league where it's a full PPR and you get three keepers, it's Odell Beckham, it's um, Le'Veon Bell, and Dalvin Cook's probably my third keeper. So sets up nice with pass catching options in the backfield that can uh, also provide the rushing totals. So, boy, the offseason has been very kind of that team for you, my friend. Yeah, I've been very patient with this. It's been a long two years because I've dealt with <laughs> the Le'Veon Bell, you know, sort of sit out, and then right. Odell Beckham injuries. So it's like, boy, I could really use a turnaround here because I've been holding tight on those guys. So. Dan, why don't you take it off? Uh, to me, this one's a no-brainer, but who's your best wide receiver in this division? Best wide receiver? Uh, Devontae Adams. Yep, run away. Uh, I mean, run away. I mean, I mean, okay, so this is the closest, I think, um, positions, positional um, discussion. Um, 
because but Devontae Adams is, is the clear number one. I mean, 111 catches, 1,386 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Yeah, 13 stud. touchdowns. 13 <laughs> touchdowns. That's gold in fantasy, baby. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're just uh, – you, you don't – I mean, anytime you're getting double-digit touchdowns, but you're getting this guy. Where would you draft him last year, Bob? You drafted him. He, he was my uh, pick at the turn, so I had the nine picks. Uh, so second pick of the second round. Yep, that's that's insane. Uh, I you think he's there this year? No, he's maybe. Well, yeah, you, you know what? You know what? I wouldn't uh, be surprised if he was. He he very well could be because that's right in that range. He's either going to creep sure. right into the back end of the first, or he's going to be one of the first three picks in the second. So yeah, right. Uh, I was a little too quick. This is sort of the range for him, actually. Yep. So I mean, and still with Aaron Rodgers, and I mean, he had to suffer through some non-Aaron Rodgers games. Um, and he still put up numbers. And he still put up numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it's a situation where uh, I, I think he's the clear-cut number one, and and no one was able to stop him last year when he was the clear-cut number one. I think this was kind of a leap year for him too, though. Uh, uh, I think a lot of the time. time people are like, he was in the mix. I mean, he's good. He's great. But now I think everyone kind of realized, no, he's great. He he's got. He I mean he's got elite elite talent and. Um, you know, he was a clear cut number one, but two through two through four were eh. just curious. No. Who, who was two your two, three. Thielen or Diggs? Thielen. Yep. He's just done it two years in a row to it's me. Two, two A, two B for me. I mean, it's a situation where if they're on any other team, uh, I mean, it's what you try to see if like, okay, is there a guy from each team that I can talk about? Um, but I mean, two and three, Thielen digs. It, it was a no-brainer for me. I mean, Thielen had just such a nice season, uh, and he should get paid big time this off season. Yeah, right. Uh, and also, in terms of digs, did you see that uh, his brother threw up a uh, picture of him in Redskins gear on Instagram not too long ago? Yeah, it's like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? Come on. <laughs> Here's the thing: is that if you're Stephon Diggs and you're on the Minnesota Vikings, who is a playoff contender super bowl contender type team in my opinion are you are you happy with the idea of going to the redskins uh if you want to play with case keenum again then yeah i guess if you want to try the miracle in washington but i don't think that's happening i mean to me if i'm stefan diggs like i know i know what i bring the team i know i'm gonna get paid at some point hopefully um but frankly i i guess as i'm talking about this thinking about how this offseason has gone maybe that's not the way it works <laughs> it's one of those things where maybe you just say yeah i'm not playing and you hold out and you get paid billions and that, that never but, happens no 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 not at all um but i think both these guys if there's any way they can keep these guys on the same team that that minnesota attack is going to be lethal yep yeah, so Dan, I agree with you completely. Devontae Adams, and that was, I didn't even think twice about that one. Uh, he was the only top 10 wide receiver in our league of record last year to score double digits in every single game. You couldn't say that about DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, nope. any of them. He was the only one nope. to do it. He has scored double digit touchdowns each of the last three years 12, 10, and 13. And here's the leap you were talking about. You, you read his stats from 2018. Here's the leap he made. In 17, he was 117 targets, 74 receptions, 885 yards, 10 touchdowns. Pretty darn good. His 2018, 169 targets, 111 receptions, 1386, and 13. So that's a massive leap across the yep. board. Yep. To me, it's it's him and De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for the number one fantasy drafted wide receiver to me. Uh, it's just they both put up monster numbers, and they, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers and. 
that's why you got to. I mean, double digit touchdowns each of the last three years. That becomes a trend after a couple years. So, yeah. Here's the thing: is that you and I, and I think people who pay attention to fantasy and kind of pay attention to the league a little bit closer um, are very familiar with Devontae Adams. Yep. Are, are very familiar with the level of talent he has, the level of fantasy production he has. Uh, frankly, in terms of outside of the fantasy discussion, outside of um, just kind of the stat discussions, there's a part of you that feels like he's a little underrated. Yeah, like he doesn't get the same credit that he that people like Antonio Brown get, um, Odell Beckham get. I mean, it's one of those things is that when you look at it by the numbers, uh, he should be in those discussions. Like when people are talking about the greatest in the league, um, you know, they are they're quick to name Antonio Brown. They're quick to name DeAndre Hawkins. They're Julio quick Jones. to name Julio Jones. And, and those guys are all are all great. But this guy, Devontae Adams, deserves to be in that discussion too. Right, exactly. I couldn't agree anymore. So, Dan, let's move on. Who's your number four? Who's your number four? I mean, by default, probably Allen Robinson. No, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, me too. And then I had Allen Robinson as five because I figured I'd have to talk about a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny Galladay to me would be my four. So, yep. Dan, here's a position that uh, I'll, I'll get this one started since I'm up. Best tight end. I, I see Kyle Rudolph, and I just put that it's an indictment on the depth of the tight end at this t- position. Uh, over the last four years, he's played in every regular season game, so at least he's available. He scores touchdowns. Yeah, that's the thing. Over his last four years, five, seven, eight, and four. But here's the thing. Outside of 2016, where he put up 83 receptions, 840 yards, He's right around 57 and 554. So if he doesn't score <laughs> touchdowns, it's pretty boring. But when I look through it, Jimmy Graham, I think, is just not the same anymore. Yeah. Trey Burton, I don't know if if he will. He, I could easily see him bouncing back and having the best season uh, of all next year. But right. Jesse James, I have no clue what to expect. So it's it was sort of a default pick for Kyle Rudolph for me. Wow, we were both on the same default. Yeah. <laughs> what a shocker. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Graham is the name I think everyone's like, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, he jumps out at you. But really, what did he do last season that was Jimmy Graham like Jimmy Graham in Seattle or Jimmy Graham like Jimmy Graham in New Orleans? I mean, it was not the same type of player. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, I think you get the most consistency out of Kyle Rudolph. Uh, but I think biggest upside, you probably got to go Trey Burton, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. At this point, you have to. <laughs> I mean, are, you, are these guys, any of these guys, even people you're, you are considering drafting in your fantasy draft? I mean, are, are you taking a – I mean, I, I feel like Trey Burton you could probably get a, at a bargain price. Trey, Trey uh, Burton if I'm waiting like towards – the end to draft a tight end. If I'm just right. if I if I miss on the you know the top four or five or so, and I just say screw it, I'm just gonna wait till the end. Yeah, probably at the end I would. Yep. Okay, so let me throw a scenario at you. You're you're sitting there at the tenth round. There has not been a tight end taken off the board yet, or all the big names are gone. Yep. And you're sitting there, and you can either take Jared Cook or Trey Burton. Are you taking Jared Cook or Trey Burton? Jared Cook, and it's not even close. Okay. Would you take in the sixth round? Would you take Jared Cook? Uh, probably not. Because if I don't get uh, my my thought is if I don't get Kelsey Ertz, Kittle, and I'm I'm gonna throw an OJ Howard. I'm I'm just waiting at that point. Yeah. You love that. You love Kittle. 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 You need to show Kittle. me more. One more year, Kittle. Kittle. One more year. 
<laughs> that's great so yeah so uh, if i don't get those top four um yeah I'm, I'm probably not really targeting tight ends until the double digit rounds at that point do you think you could last the 13th trey burton yeah probably especially in our league yep, where it's I 10 so 10 to even 12 yep. teams yeah possibly yep me too so dan why don't you start uh we're gonna rank our quarterbacks um i, I think we have the same <laughs> rankings but go ahead yeah, it's it's Rogers. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I this was tough. I wanted to say Trubisky, frankly. I, oh, I wanted I to say would. Trubisky. I, I wanted to, but I went Cousins. You know what? I'm I'm doing it on the fly. I'm saying Trubisky. I'm going Trubisky. Then we I'm match. I'm guessing myself. Then we match completely. I'm going Trubisky, Cousins, and then Stafford. And you know one. In my opinion, clear cut. I mean, he's the he's the best in the arguably in the best in the league. Uh, Going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, he's fantasy gold year in year out. I mean, he was great this year again. Um, I mean, I can remember a couple years ago, people were taking Aaron Rodgers as early as the third round or second round. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. it, it was crazy because of the numbers he's putting up. Yeah, and we don't have to go into too many details, so I'm not going to go through many. But here's just something to remember: last year, when he dealt with a leg injury, pretty much all season, he yep. played through it and played all 16 games, 4,442 yards. 25 touchdowns and two interceptions. <laughs> Insane. Yapsa. So we don't 25 need to... touchdowns and 13 of those went to Devontae Adams. Stop sleeping on Devontae Adams, everybody. Yep. I'm quit. Hey, Todd, quit taking a nap. <laughs> Todd. <laughs> so yeah, Trubisky just such I think bigger upside than Cousins and Stafford. Stafford's in limbo right now. I mean, you just he, I don't know. Let's see who they take in the draft. Maybe it changes my mind. Doubtful though. Hey, hey Dan. So let, hey, Trubisky was number two, and this is where I said earlier. While my offensive ranks say some things, when I look at certain positions, they say here's where it says another thing. Trubisky from week four to week eight last year. He was the number one fantasy quarterback in that time frame. So here's what he did during yeah. that time. 83 for 136, 61% completion, 1,223 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, 23 rushes, 232 yards, and one touchdown. That basically equates to a per-game average during that time. 306 passing yards, over three touchdowns, 58 rushing yards. I mean... <laughs> Those are outstanding numbers from any quarterback. So that's the type of upside he can give you in the Matt Nagy offense. That's why, for me, he was number two. Yeah. To me, I was kind of going back to what I was saying, better weapons uh, in the Vikings offense. But I agree with you. The upside of Trubisky, I I think, is just too big to ignore. Um, and, And frankly, he was better than Cousins was last year. With worse players around, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm overriding my previous pick and going number two with them. Cousins is cousins. I, I think he'll be, he'll be okay. Um, but let's, I mean, man, they paid a lot of money to bring that guy in there. Um, so let's see if you can maybe have another have a bounce back here because he was good when he was in Washington. I mean, he put up good numbers. Yeah, he, he just, I guess, you expect so much more out of him that last year, even though it was was an okay year, it was a little bit of a disappointment. So. So let me ask you this, Dan, because my bullet points are pretty much speaking to your thought process. Right. If you were just in general, was last year a disappointment for him? I think so. And I think I think it's because 
I mean, he was go. He went into a situation where now he's got Adam Thielen, now he's got Stephon Diggs, now he's got you know Dalvin Cook. Um, so you ex- Aldrick Robinson. He's got all these other guys now. Um, we're we're in before in, in Washington. I, I think you and I would agree that the receiver core, receiving core in Washington, was not as good as it was as what he has in Minnesota now. Yep. So if he could do what he did in Washington, serviceable fantasy quarterback, put up pretty good numbers. Uh, you would think there'd be a leap when he goes to a team with better offensive weapons. But to me, I, I feel I've just for me personally, it felt like he just kind of stayed at the same level. Um, I didn't see the giant leap that I expected because of where he was. So you just led me, let me go through my bullet points now. Cause that's, that's sort of the talking track. So here's what he did last year, right under 4,300 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, career high 10 interceptions the lowest in the four years he's been the starter for a team so when you look at it that way you're like okay he's he's set records on both sides with the touchdowns and interceptions but here's where the sort of downturn of his season came his 10.1 yards per completion lowest in the last four years since he's been a a starter right to me 4300 yards is not enough with the weapons you said he's been in double digit interceptions over the last four years so he can hurt you there here's what i would expect for him to be satisfied with his production 4700 passing yards and 35 touchdowns with all the talent he has Wow, those. I mean, that that's a monster fantasy season. That's just a monster season. But isn't that um, what you would expect coming yes. into with the weapons that he has around him? Yep, absolutely. Because when I look back at his stats, I got him up right in front of me here. Two years ago, in 2016, 4,917 passing yards, 25 touchdowns. I mean, last year, 4,093 and 27 with much less weapons. He didn't really step up too much further than that. So I think that's where you're talking about, and that's why I sort of ranked him as my third and went with the upside of Trubisky. Even though Cousins has the weapons to make that jump, it was just such a disappointment that he didn't make that jump. No, yeah, and I agree with you. The numbers that you threw out, I think people are going to be like, that's crazy to to even think that he could get – I think he can. I mean, the talent on the team, the the receiving talent on the team is there. Um, and let's be honest. I mean, if he's looking for a tight end to throw the ball to, Kyle Rudolph is there. So, I mean, you've got that going for him, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I, just – it's just, it, you just sort of like – I mean, there was so much – Hype about him going there, and they finally got him. Blah 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 blah. You just thought this was going to be like an unstoppable offensive juggernaut, and it just was kind of like, yeah, it's good, but it's definitely not as good as what we expected. Yep. Yeah, and there were just so many games, especially towards the end of the year, was like one touchdown, zero interceptions, or one and two, or one, two and one, or you know, it's just like it was very mediocre. So if you were just riding him as your quarterback, just waiting for that game to happen, it never seemed to consistently happen. So right, you know, and then right. Uh, uh, you have Matt Stafford as four. I'm I'm with you. What what are your thoughts on yep. Stafford? It's, it's just that he's just he's stuck again. Like you know, gone are the years where you could throw the ball to Megatron. Um, gone are the years where I mean Eric Ebron is gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean that those two just, touchdowns are gone. Like, now it's like oh yeah, Eric Ebron is gone. Right? Yeah, no, not the same Eric Ebron that we're talking about now. Exactly. Um, but. It, it, 
I mean, and he just doesn't have a running game that I think helps him because he's a good play action quarterback. But when no one cares about your running game, uh, no one cares about your play action. So, uh, I mean, he has no tight end uh, that's going to be putting up, you know, that's a scoring threat. Let's say that it's a scoring threat. Uh, I like Marvin Jones. I like Kenny Galladay. The receivers are okay. Um, but still, I, I think there was so much Kenny Galladay hype coming in last season. He had a couple nice games, but he, it was, you know, peaks and valleys with him, frankly. And then same thing with Marvin Jones. It's just such an up and down team. I think there are weeks where Matt Stafford can come out and throw for 500 yards and seven touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that's in him. He's got that talent. Uh, it's just that good luck figuring out which game it's going to be. That's right. what it boils down to. Exactly. And, and and I'm echoing your thoughts, Dan. I mean, every year since 2011, he's easily in double-digit interceptions. So he's going to hurt you there. Yeah. And then what really hurts is outside of his 2011 where he threw for 41 touchdowns, He's been in the upper to mid 20s outside of one year. So last year, okay, so in that time frame, he's roughly around 4,500 passing yards. So you're like, okay, I can deal with 4,500, give me 28, and I'll probably get 12 to 13 interceptions. This past year, he went to 30 under 3,800 passing yards and 21 touchdowns. So that gives you no upside. So unless if the offense changes, those are numbers are not attractive anymore. And I think a lot of it, and Stafford's probably going to get the, the brunt of the blame for this. And, right. But, I mean, I don't know. I watched a fair amount of Lions games last year. To me, it seemed like they were coming back a lot. So um, he's forcing the ball a lot down the field, which is where I think you get most of those interceptions from. Right. Because you're going to try to take more chances. You're going to try to throw more balls when you're down a bunch of points. So... Uh, I mean, I, I do. Th- he has he has the ability to, like I said, throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns in a game. I just don't know if the surrounding cast can can lend him the assist to get there. It might happen, but you know, like I said, good luck deciding which game it is because yeah. there were games where you're like, I remember last year where you and I were talking about staff for this week looks great. Blah 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 came out got sacked got sacked 5,000 times by the Vikings you know it's, it's one of those things where like oh I, I don't know what's gonna happen it's the NFL and it because it, it, it's like I said peaks and valleys and uh, I just never can seem to put my finger on when Matt Stafford's gonna repeat yeah I completely agree with you on that one so Dan next uh, position we're gonna do why don't you go through and give me your rank on the defense is why I get some stuff pulled up here yeah, I think the clear one is Chicago, right? I mean, right. That, to me, this is, reminds me of like, so this this team reminded me of the Chicago, the Chicago team that went to the Super Bowl, but with a much better quarterback and a much better offense, right? Uh, because it's a situation where. Uh, you know, their defense was so nasty. And the minute they got Cleo Mack, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, boy, this is a real game changer. Uh, and in those first couple of games, man, he, he was hey, completely worth the money. Yeah. Now he's just one more year in there. Um, I just don't see how uh, the the, t- the defense takes any kind of step back. I, I think it's a, it's just basically lock and load and let's see what happens. Right. Uh, no, number two was the Vikings. I mean, I think they were a serviceable defense last year. A couple of really nice games. Three was Packers and the four were the lowly Lions yet again. Sorry, well, Detroit. Yeah, Dan, um, well, we agree again completely. So. 
Yeah. Uh, wow, what a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, wait, what was, what was the dude in Detroit? Uh, Biff Whalen? Was it? Remember when we went to that concert? <laughs> Sorry, Biff. Yep. Good. Thanks, Biff. We'll, we'll buy a Chevy when we come back out from you, Biff. <laughs> yeah, Biff Whalen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just read over a couple notes because, you know, defenses sometimes, it's, uh, you know, we don't necessarily focus on them, so I'm not going to go too far. Right. But the Bears, it was the splash free agency landing of Khalil Mack. They were they were the best in points per game, 17.7, third in yards per game, under 300, best in rushing yards allowed per game, 80, third in sacks with 50, first in interceptions with 27. They might be the best defense on paper going into next year period uh the vikings ninth in points per game allowed 21.3 fourth in yards per game 309 third in passing yards per game 196.3 with that secondary consisting of harrison smith and xavier rhodes explains why they were so good um as far as passing is concerned uh, Packers, they did struggle a lot last year, but I'm banking on the fact that, A, they were able to get to the quarterback. They were eighth in sacks with 44, and they made a complete commitment to the defensive side of things. So you'd have to think that would help uh, around uh, the other areas. And the Lions, it's just, once again, it was just middle of the pack, all, really all around. Um, now, they did a good job of uh, offsetting the loss of Ziggy Ansah with Trey Flowers, and they invested in the secondary. So to me, where there could be movement is the Lions and the and the Packers could maybe flip-flop but to me it's it's Bears Vikings and then I could see either one Packers or the Lions flip-flopping spots yep. by next year so yep um so Dan next one we want to go over is uh biggest potential breakout um you want to give yours first or you want me to go over mine go ahead Bobby so mine's carry on Johnson so here we go Detroit I'll, <laughs> I'll give some props here so <laughs> This year, he's going to have the job as the true lead back, so there's not that LeGarrette Blunt hanging over the uh, the team. Uh, in 10 games last year, his stats were 118 rushing attempts, 641 yards, three touchdowns, 32 receptions, 213 yards, and one touchdown. Once again, if you break those into a full-season stat, you're looking at 184 rushing attempts, 1,026 yards, five touchdowns, 51 receptions, 341 yards, and two touchdowns. I don't see any reason why if he's playing the whole year and he's healthy, he can't reach that and higher. So I, I, I honestly think if they really commit to him, he has a chance to get combined double-digit touchdowns next year with those types of supporting stats. So that's why he's my breakout from this division going into next year. I think he really can. <laughs> well, what a shocker. Once again. Yeah, he was my breakout too. Uh, <laughs> I, I, here's the other thing: is, is that something has to pop on this Lions offense, right? Uh, like Stafford, like we talked about, not necessarily doing the greatest job. The receivers are not doing the greatest job helping him. I feel like if they can establish on Johnson, if they can get the play action working. I think he is a key to, for, to the Lions turning this whole thing on offense around. And for all the reasons you just outlined, the other thing is, is that. I think he's the clear-cut number one. They've got rid of everybody there. I mean, right. there there's not really anyone else there that even causes me any kind of fantasy interest whatsoever. Right. Amir Abdullah, Gonzo, Laguerre Blunt, Gonzo. The only person there is Kerryon Johnson. And this is his second year. I get he's coming off injury. Um, but it, it looks like he'll be ready for camp. And uh, I, I think they really brought him in to be the workhorse. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a split-time backfield like Green Bay 
Uh, I, I think I think this is a guy who can do both things, not just kind of be a receiver out of the backfield like Tarek Cohen. Uh, I think this is maybe a situation where when you go back at the end of the season, um, if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, I think he stays the number one in this division. But I think Kerryon Johnson jumps up to that number two spot, absolutely, as long as he can do the things that you just outlined, my man. And, and Dan, here's the thing, and, and I'll sort of speak back to, I think, where you were going. If they commit to him and he can produce running the ball, that's going to set up the play action fake which Matt Stafford Absolutely. likes throwing the ball deep down the field and you've got two yep. wide receivers on the outside that are big and can make those catches so yep. he would have a trickle down effect on the entire offense producing uh, if he can step up and and reach that breakout potential next year so I think that's the key to Stafford bouncing back is him playing well honestly yeah, we'll see what happens I, I really I really like Carryon Johnson. I think this is a guy that you and I both talked about trying to target in our uh, dynasty draft last year because I thought he could kind of jump in this year and kind of make an impact right away. And he had a couple of nice games. Um, but, then, you know, the specter of LeGarrette Blunt was there. And then, you know, the the being behind does not help the running game, obviously, right. or the intersection, inter, interception count. Um, so I think if they can get in there and establish the run, which I think – you know, their head coach, Patricia, used to be with the uh, Patriots. Uh, so, you know, if they can get that going a little bit, a little bit of Patriot mentality, running the ball, um, maybe we can get a, a, a decent year out of Kerryon Johnson fantasy-wise this season. Right on. So, Dan, our last topic, biggest need for each team going into next year. So I'll throw out the team. Uh, you get it started. I'll follow up. So, what are your Detroit Lions' biggest team needs going into next year? <laughs> tight end. You need a tight end. You need a dynamic tight end. You need a tight end that's going to be able to open the middle of the field for you. You need a tight end that's going to be able to catch Matt Stafford touchdowns for you. You need somebody. And frankly, as much as I like Jesse James, I just don't think he's that guy. That's what I was going to say. Is that not Jesse James guy. for you? No, he's a he's a he's a nice possession type receiver. I mean, if we love Jesse James, we wouldn't brought in Vince McDonald. Let's be honest, but yep, right. it's a situation where you need a dynamic tight end, and that's who I would expect. And, and after doing the research and looking around, it seems to me that that's what most people in Detroit are expecting is that for them to look at one of the high quality, high caliber tight ends in the draft. Uh, and I think that's a perfect move for them. Give Matt Stafford more weapons on offense, so he doesn't have to force the ball down the field to Kenny Galladay every time. Exactly. Yeah, mine sort of follows along. Not not exactly the same position, but I said wide receiver depth specifically replacement for Golden Tate. Um, I just don't know if Danny Amendola is that. I don't know if they really attack that in the draft. So um, I, I just don't like much of what they have behind the, the top two. Um, right. So if Marvin Jones goes down or doesn't play up to the level he's been playing the next two years, um, you know, just sort of what happens. So, yeah, I just think he needs some more receiving depth overall it could be tight end but I, I targeted wide receiver to replace golden tate so i think we're on the same uh path with that so right damn what about the green bay packers what's your biggest team need for them this was tough for me actually because uh, I, I like the i actually like the the, the receivers behind Devonte adams i think geronimo allison will come along nicely i think he can step into that randall cobb role um, and I like Valdez Scantling. I think if you get another year in the offense, I think he's going to step up. Uh, my thought really was maybe offensive line to give more protection to uh, Aaron Rodgers. But uh, that was the only thing I could really come up with. I mean, they did a lot of things in free agency this season, which 
is very rare, apparently, for the Packers. They're like a Steelers-type team where they build through the draft. They don't do a lot of free agent moves, but they brought in a lot of players Right. Um, this offseason. So uh, I think they should shore up the offensive line so they can do a little bit more with the running game and make sure uh, that Aaron Rodgers, which is the most valuable asset on the team, is well protected. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, too. I, I had trouble because they attacked a lot of the defense, and um, I, I really leaned on you know what the experts are saying. And I, I went yep. to the Sporting News, and uh, their first need was safety. And when I read it, I was like, yeah, you know what? That makes sense because um, you know, they were tied for 29th in the NFL with just seven interceptions last season. Um, they have some decent quarterbacks, uh, cornerbacks. I'm not going to say that uh, you know I'm very super familiar with them, but they did lose HaHa Clinton Dix uh, to Washington. Um, so it sounds like they're saying you know uh, they haven't really had a good safety since Nick Collins was injured in 2011. They're recommending they fix it, and after you read some of those stats, uh, I can see where sense. they're coming from. So yeah, I'm going to go and lean on the experts, and, and I'm going to go with safety after doing some research. So. Uh, Dan, how about the Vikings? What's your biggest team need for the Vikings? I thought another running back. Um, I, I didn't think that Amir Abdullah was the answer to the backup situation. Uh, Latavius Murray, I think, was a huge crutch for them last season. Right. Dalvin Cook went down. Latavius Murray could come in and be a serviceable um, backup. And frankly, it was a valuable fantasy asset in those weeks where Dalvin Cook wasn't playing. And also, it was a pretty decent fantasy asset when in the weeks that Dalvin Cook was playing. Right. Yeah, he really um, was. So it's a situation where, you know, as much as we want to think that this is not necessarily going to be a split backfield, and I don't think it will because he's gone. Um, but Amir Abdullah, I mean, he got pushed. He was ex- Some people were excited about him coming into Detroit. Right. He got pushed aside uh, last year by Kerryon Johnson. He stayed on the roster. Now he's with the Vikings. Uh, I mean, he's almost like that Jerrica McKinnon type scat back type player. Uh, but that's not what Latavius Murray was. We both know that. Uh, so, you know, to me, why not take a flyer on another running back, shore up that position, and if Dalvin Cook can't get past the injury bug again this season, uh, you, you don't kind of lose a step having to rely on Amir Abdullah or bring in somebody like, uh, I don't know, Marshawn Lynch if he decides to retire, something like that. Right, right. So, yeah, um, mine, I went uh, once again with the uh, experts. I went to thevikingage.com uh, and Nick Edlin, um, and he recommended their number one need. And once I read it, it made sense and could have contributed to the uh, mediocre um, performance from Kirk Cousins and offensive line. So uh, he states this should come as no shock and is clearly the Vikings' number one need and priority heading to the draft. They gave all the money to Kirk Cousins and then gave him very very little protection. Um, He thinks they're going to be using multiple picks and uh, really addressing anywhere on the offensive line. He thinks that two of the first three selections are going to be there. So uh, that might be what they need is give him more time because I think, what was it, against the... Maybe it was the bear. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I feel like he was just getting just sacked left and right. So, right. Um, after reading it, you know these types of websites are, are very specific to the team, and they give their five positions. Um, so I'm gonna lean on the experts, and based on the research I did, uh, look to provide as much help on the offensive line for their massive investment, which was Kirk Cousins. And right, Dan, how about the Bears? What is your uh, biggest need? 
uh, I mean, they, they need some defensive backs. Uh, I saw that being thrown around. In terms of fantasy, uh, I think they need another running back. Again, I'm, I'm beating dead horse here. We agree. Uh, but Jordan Howard, not getting it done. Uh, someone who I really kind of, I think, I, I'll be I overbought on Jordan Howard last season. Uh, I, I really thought that I bought into the Jordan Howard hype, that he still has got a place on the team, and he's catching balls out of the backfield. Nagy right. was talking him up. Right. Uh, and I and I bought in. I took him in the second round. And uh, it, it, it bit me. It frankly bit me. Um, it, so, and they're shopping him. They're actively shopping him. Uh, and I'm not sure if they're getting any takers. Um, Jordan Howard in Minnesota, that'd be interesting. But, uh, you know, I, I think they need to get somebody because I, I think you and I would agree, Terry Cohen cannot carry the load by himself. Yep. Uh, he, he's going to be more... Uh, you know, out of the slot, catching balls out of the backfield, things like that. But you still need your classic type running back, um, whether it's speed or power. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them take a uh, a flyer on a running back in the draft this season. Dan, I'm just going to say ditto because, I mean, that verbatim, that's sort of where I was at, too. <laughs> they're, they're getting rid of Howard. Cohen's not an every down back. Uh, right. You, you need to keep him uh, in space and, and in touches, uh, you know, away from necessarily right up the gut. So um, if you get rid of Howard and you want to use Cohen that way, what are you going to need when you need to run out the clock? I mean, right. you just don't have anything at that point so yeah I, I totally agree it's running back depth for me so and there were weeks where Jordan Howard was money in you know the time where they're running on the clock and you know he had fresh legs and he was coming in but it doesn't look, look like to me uh, from what everything you're saying and everything they're hearing and everything that they're talking about um, that they're really confident that Jordan Howard has a fit on the team because, you know, they say, yeah, he's, he's still got a place, but we're willing to trade him. <laughs> yeah, so that <laughs> like, tells me... If you're that enthusiastic about him being there, you're not actively shopping him right. um, in, in in the press. So Exactly. So, Dan, uh, for our first show back in a couple of weeks, uh, we were very agreeable without knowing it this week. So. Yeah, no kidding, right? It, so. it is true. Like We do not talk about this at all. Before we go on and get rolling here, so we just say, uh, "What division do you want to cover?" Okay, right. We'll talk on yep. Wednesday. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes, and uh, it, uh, I, it's very. Sometimes it varies. Sometimes we were kind of, eh, no, no, no. But tonight, I think we were spot on there, Bobby. Yep. So Dan, with that in mind, next week you just want to go and sort of go direction. We'll we'll tackle the South, which let's boy, go South. That is flush with fantasy op- options. First thing that comes to my mind. We're gonna have some. Uh, fun discussions with that division. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, next week, join us. We'll do the NFC South. as, And I think, Dan, based on taking the one week to do the free agent frenzy discussion, I, I yep. think we'll close up the divisional deep dive right when the draft happens. So that's <laughs> like, I, I think Perfect. we sort of thought it would happen, but I think it might right. actually happen. So that'll Jackpot. be good. And then we can yep. sort of transition from there. So, And then we start doing the some dynasty prep baby yes yes we need to get ready so a couple people have hit me up on instagram and twitter and asked when we would be talking dynasty don't worry it it is coming because trust me we are invested in it as soon as that draft happens so right and i think it's so much easier to talk about dynasty in terms of when you know where your players are going um you shouldn't be in my opinion you shouldn't be having your dynasty draft until after the after the nfl draft because you, you don't know where your guys are going or if they're getting drafted so you know keep that in mind 
uh, be patient. Be patient. We'll get there. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go ahead and close the show. So follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. You can email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash NotTakesFF. And Dan, I know we talked about it. I finally have the software I wanted to look at building a website. I think once the whole selling of this house and whatever happens with that on my end and I get situated, I think I'm going to try and buckle down and, and look at trying to make a, some sort of site. So that's not something imminent, but just tossing that out there for any listeners. We're going to look to get something up here sometime soon here. Yeah, and I think we're, we're actually going to try to do some stuff with that, put like posting rankings and, and maybe try to do a little bit deeper rankings and stuff like that that we're trying to, to, to change and adapt and evolve and all that good stuff so yep so you just got to bear with us i know um i'll just speak for myself i'm, I'm in the middle of selling my house so it's yep. very time consuming and then i have to turn around and try to find where i want to buy a house so <laughs> we'll need that to calm down but i, I do have to stop yeah so uh once again our podcast homepage for the meantime anchor.fm forward slash not takes ff uh, you can listen to our podcast there. Uh, you'll find links to all 12 platforms we're on. We're on all the major ones, so uh, they provide a link there where you can go ahead and subscribe to the uh, platform of your choosing. Um, for anybody that listens to us specifically on Apple Podcasts, give us 15 seconds, rate and review the show, a five-star rating review. Uh, really goes a long way for us, and we appreciate it. I love reading them, so thanks to everybody who's done one, but if you haven't, go ahead and support us that way. And... Uh, regardless of what platform you're on, subscribe. You'll get the one episode per week during the offseason downloaded directly. We shoot for every Wednesday night. Uh, you might get it Thursday morning, depending on if you go to bed somewhat early. Um, but uh, once we get closer to the preseason, we go to three a week from there through the Super Bowl, really. So we, we try to pump out a lot of content. So uh, make sure to subscribe so you get everything. And Dan, it's been a minute. Why don't you shout out your brother Tom for us? Yeah, it's a song called Alma. It brings us in and it takes us out every single week, Bob. And uh, blows my great, sandals off. It's a great, it's a great tune. It's put me right to sleep. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's uh, you know, it was done by my brother Tom. If you like what he's doing, he's working on new music right now, and he's trying to put songs together. And what he does is he collaborates with different people across the nation. Uh, one guy does lyrics, he does the music, and it's a pretty neat process. So. Uh, check out his SoundCloud. He's that dude, Tom. Uh, check out his new stuff. There's going to be new stuff coming out here soon. And uh, shout out, Tom. Uh, thanks for letting us use that song. And uh, much appreciated, my man. Great. And once again, join us next week where we go to the NFC South. But until then, Dan, good luck in the NCAA tournaments kicking back up tomorrow. And I will talk to you later. Later. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, you too.